You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 374th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. You guys, it's a new year. It's a new me. I've gone over this, but, uh, you know, it's starting to be real now. The training camps are starting. The new jerseys are coming out. Uh, uh, are you feeling the crispness in the air? Are you feeling a lighter uh, step under you as you, uh, you know, get on the trainer, I guess? Um, no, you nope, know? not on a trainer. Not at all. You're getting on the trainer me. still? Little guy, a whole I know it's a negative like 75 degrees there where you are. Yep. You had to have been on the trainer. I haven't been on the trainer. I have, I have been on some rides where I probably spent as much time getting dressed as I did riding. Okay. That's how you Have you do been it. like lifting weights? Good. Have you been reading strategy guides about bike racing? Have you been doing He's on the Dirk Friel cyclist training bible. <laughs> yeah. Uh <laughs> No, I'm just doing my usual uh, a lot of jumping jacks and uh, just you know, trying, jumping to stay, jacks. trying to stay limber. Um I just do some stretches in the morning and try to tickle Tom Boone and Tom Boone when he's trying to eat breakfast and that usually keeps me uh keeps me pretty spry. Where where are yeah. we taking this Spencer? Are you what are you trying know. to get at? Here. Well, see, the thing about it is, Tim, it's the off season and there's not a whole lot to talk about. So I'm just trying to come up with some filler here for the intro is, is really what it's all about. But ah. it's a long way of saying, guys, you know, I've got all kinds of PRs on, on Zwift and I had to, <laughs> I had to re-up my account. Guys, do you know the, the free trial only lasts for 10K? That's all they give you is 10 Are kilometers. You, that's pretty Are you anything. serious? Wow. Yeah, I tried to I tried to stretch it out as far as I could, and How it only many lasted. Weeks did it take you to go ten kilometers before you found <laughs> out that the free trainer was over? It was like I was Davide Fromolo doing the world's slowest hour ride. Um, My favorite was, event of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it Space was miles. You know, you don't yeah. want to do, go too I hard. I felt. Uh, I feel like most people could could you know learn a thing or two. So maybe you know. Pop open the Gmail, make a make a new fake Gmail account, sign up for Zwift, and try to see how far you can go or unfar you can go in 10K. Um, because I don't think you can beat my time. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow. Well, impressive. They're very impressive. Yeah. I am. You'd be foolish to ride outside in January uh, because it's it's too cold. It's terrible. No one likes it. It's like a grass season. And I got to say, as you guys know, and we had money on this, I thought it would be best to have long time. I mean, who am I kidding? Keith Richards is in the house, co-owner of Swift Cycle, the best store in the history of Gainesville, Florida. Tim, You guys know Keith. Yeah. Gentlemen, good to see everybody. Welcome to the show. This is a huge surprise. Uh, I can't believe Tim kept you just off camera there this whole time. 
Um, <laughs> a little surprised. I'm, I'm glad to have someone on our side in our corner over there in, in Florida. You just um, gotta, just, just to keep, keep Tim honest here. Is that what you're getting Just to, you know, make voice. sure. Yeah. Make sure the uh, facts are factual down there. I, I'm here to keep it real. All right. There, there's, a lot of, there's a lot I'm gonna, of questions I'm gonna start, you guys can ask. I'm going to yeah. start with a, a, just a tester. I need to see how on the ball Keith is because I, I don't know how much I trust the super rookie. So here's my trivia question. First off the bat for Keith, what is the address of the famed Swift Cycle in Gainesville, Florida? I think it was somewhere on West University, <laughs> 607 West University. That checks out. Okay. So okay. I All think right. he's on the level, little guy. On the level. All right. Well, uh, you guys did a bit of a ride. You guys want to remind everybody last week how big a ride you did and then where me and Spencer had our, uh, our uh, explosions so noted. <laughs> we did Predictions, yeah. 200-mile Gulf of Mexico to the Atlantic ride. I'd say 60% gravel, 40% road. Keith, is that accurate? Is that an accurate breakdown? So far, I'd say that's that's accurate. Okay, all right. <laughs> I would say a horrible 10-mile-an-hour headwind for the most part, straight east. So we did a lot of going northeast and then southeast. It was not a straight across because that would have only been 150 miles and, you know... We're real tough guys. Uh-huh. Yes, there was there was a headwind all day. All right, so Keith great. is now my huh. fact checker. Okay, all this, right, this wait actually, a second. <laughs> this, this podcast is going to be really cool. So 200-mile gravel okay. ride. 200-mile gravel ride across Florida, 60% gravel, 40% road, zigzagging across to get yes. to 200. Why yes. 200? For the two hundred, or just a, uh, you didn't I mean, like straight lines. What's going I think on here? Two hundred was the plan, but it also, in one sick way, was does Tim want to do unbound two hundred? Aha! Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so let's let's address this real quick before we get into the nitty gritty. How does Tim feel about two hundred miles? Absolutely not going a hundred <laughs> miles at unbound. <laughs> okay, oh, all right. No. Well, I okay, guess that's now. good for me because I was really worried how 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 far ahead you were of me in the training. And now, now Keith will be it. at Unbound with me. I'm signed up for 200, so yeah, we can too, we Keith. can limp the 200 miles of Unbound together. All right, sweet. I'm thinking, has anybody done the first hundred and then straight up little 500 style hand off the bike to somebody else for the second 200? <laughs> Could that be a thing? Could. We could probably pull that off. I yeah. mean, how are they going to know? How are they going to know? Yeah. That's what, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, so okay. Yeah. So I need details. Uh, little guy, I think you said, what, do you remember what your prediction was for where Tim would either nutritionally, mechanically, or mentally explode? I had uh, over, you know, like the 170, over 170 mark, and you were kind of right. under yeah, that. Yeah, I, so. I had the under. I was assuming around one. 50, 160 was about as far as he could push it. The longest ride I personally have ever done was 117, which was not that bad, really. So I figured he could do a little bit more than that, but yeah. not a whole lot more. I, 
I finished the ride. So let, let's be clear. I, I did all 200 miles. Keith would agree. Every, everyone on the ride. So the group of us all finished the 200 nice. miles. That's great. And we all had our moments of weakness. Uh-huh. My, my absolute moment of weakness. Like Your darkest hour. Yeah. My darkest hour where I wanted to quit. And if I lived or had an <laughs> in-law or Sarah was nearby in a car, I would have found a way to quit. Right. was at mile 120. Oh. Ah. From, from 120 to 125 was absolutely miserable. Nothing was funny. Friends were coming up to me, trying to tell me jokes, trying to get me in a good mood. Uh-huh. I was not having it. And uh-huh. there was, you know, it happened to everybody. Keith was probably right around mile 90. Yeah, I, I kind of hit a wall at mile 90. This, this heat down in Florida kind of yeah. took it out of me. I wasn't, I wasn't, and I wasn't prepared for that. It's, that. To be clear, some of these gravel sections, gravel is a very loose term for sugar sand that mm. so really takes it out of you. And I made a poor decision at mile 100 is the truck stop. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And, and uh-huh. there's a McDonald's there. Oh, uh-huh. that early, Tim? Ooh. Yeah, and I just wow. kind of moseyed over to the McDonald's line with everybody else in the group. Mm-hmm. And I got a cheeseburger and then mm-hmm. the menu pops up. It changes over like, oh, do you want the value meal? Oh. Do you want two cheeseburgers? I'm like, like, I'd be stupid I'm not like, to. Like, <laughs> it's, it's only 59 more cents. Why would I not want to do this? Yeah. And the hot dog rollers were not looking so good inside the gas station. So I decided no, to do uh, it. And it was all downhill from there. That and makes sense. It, it took me a while. Now... I did finish, but I have a highlight of the ride. Okay. Well, We're at- before we get to your highlight, okay. I, I got to, you know, this can't be the Tim show. We have a special guest. Yes. I need to know what Keith did, or maybe the group as a whole did, to pull the super rookie out of that deep, dark hole. You could probably see that he was suffering. You could see that he was in in a bad place you could see him enjoying those cheeseburgers you knew it was coming now i gotta say thank you from on behalf of the slow ride podcast and all our listeners that uh, our plea was to let tim make his own nutritional decisions and it sounds like you guys (laughs) did do that which uh you know is huge um yeah we did i i I, you know gave him one piece of advice to make sure he kept eating throughout the day that's good um Uh And I, I think, you know, unfortunately, the, the McDonald's was a kind of a group decision. And I think, <laughs> I think we were all kind of hurting a little bit after, after that, that lunch stop. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think everyone just kind of, uh, you know, gave them the old head shake and put our heads down and tried to digest our Big Macs and, and big chickens and yeah. all those other... So, I think everyone knew I was making a poor decision at that moment. <laughs> like, they didn't need to point it out to me. Uh-huh. Did you set Tim up with a pair of, like, earbuds um, in his ears that you could just hit play on the Slow Ride podcast last episode? Just when you knew he was in the deepest, darkest place, you could just 
have my little guy's voices come into his ears saying he was going to fail the ride to try and spur him on to a second wind? I think you guys have known Tim longer than I have. And you know, the, one of the only reasons he kept going was to prove you guys wrong. Oh, 100%. I'll say that right now. I don't, like, the guys I was riding with, and Keith, and a friend of the pod, Graham, who designed the route, mm-hmm. they're all great. They would have <laughs> totally accepted me as a human being uh-huh. if I would have quit and took my uh-huh. ball and went home. Uh-huh. They would make fun of me, but you know what? I could live with it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I could not live with you guys and the smugness uh-huh. of the northern elite from uh-huh. Minnesota uh-huh. and yeah. the enclave of Holyoke, Massachusetts, uh-huh. knowing I was going to quit. Uh-huh. And let's continue on to me a little bit here. Okay. One of my, uh-huh. there's a section of this road called the Old Brick Road, and it's about 11 miles long. We hit this thing in the middle of the night and one of my compatriots was having a bad time. It hit him at like mile 170. In this road, there's a northern entrance and there's a southern entrance and there's nothing on the side. Okay. And a group rides ahead and I stay back with a couple of others for our friend who is going through his darkness. Sugar sand, there's a brick road up comes this giant truck with dualies on the back and these two teenagers stick their heads out and they're like right on guys and then they hit the horn which is the dukes of hazard and like horn that makes the big noise and they peel out and they go forward keith is a hundred meters in front of this truck for what seems like the whole time and the truck is going kind of slow suddenly I hear a gunshot. It was the scariest moment in my life as I'm sitting out here in the middle of this brick road and I see Keith's blinky light and I'm like, did they just shoot Keith? They didn't. He's here next to me. But I think they were hunting for coyotes or to scare the shit out of us on this entire route. Wow. That was also my darkest uh, moment on the ride. Um, but we made it through. It was great. They peeled off. They turned somewhere else and went to probably some camp out field party. But yeah, it was amazing. That's what you guys missed on this ride. Well, that does sound epic. Uh, I'm glad you guys are okay and didn't get, uh, shot in the swamps. Of Were Florida. you scared when you heard the gunshot? It, it, it startled me. I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> expecting gunshots, but oh, weird, you know, it, it is Florida. Yeah. I, if it wasn't a gunshot, we, yeah, we saw a couple of other really hunters. Florida. We saw a couple of other hunters, and they were very, they were very inquisitive as we were uh-huh. walking through and disturbing the game. I'm sure they uh-huh. weren't so thrilled when we were came barnstorming through, but uh-huh. it was fun. But yeah, we finished, made it all the way to Flagler Beach, dipped the Incredible. tire in the Atlantic, yeah. and here I am Incredible. to tell you guys all about it. Well, That's amazing. Keith, I have a follow-up question um, <laughs> just about the ride in general. All right. Approximately, like, so we get 200 miles. That's about a half a percent uh, per mile, just if you're going from a zero to 100 percent, um, just for your reference. About how many percents of this ride do you think Tim hit the front of the group? 
was breaking the wind. Wow. Um, so I, I would have a hard time answering that because I, I was on the struggle bus sitting at the back of the group. So you had a great view. Ride. I, yeah. I know now we discussed this earlier. I know that me and me and Matt have got an Airbnb. We've got a reservation set up for you. If Tim kicks you out because of this interview, don't worry about it. We've got you covered. Feel free to speak freely. I okay. So honestly, I would say he was probably on the front. I'd say a good five to ten percent. He did his right. he did his he All did right. his turns. You know what? You I know want what? to point out, I was there for the final like three miles. When it really mattered, oh, yeah. I decided to come to the front. He did get Here's the, the glory pulls. Nice. Tim, that's exactly it. Tim, you did it right. I am I am saying on a ride that long, do not hit the front. Let those other guys hit the front, man. Okay. Well, it's also like I was the one that waited back for when people were kind of dropping off. Like I conveniently found mm-hmm. a way to hide not mm-hmm. going to the front and doing pulls. This right? is savvy. This is savvy road <laughs> racer tactics, and I love it. Did you did you guys sprint for any town signs, or did you just? Yeah, how spicy was this ride? Yeah, was this there was this was like the first twenty for... miles? A couple a couple sprints, and then <laughs> and then everyone's really regretting it, sort of thing. Or? We we really regretted the middle of the ride. Near the end of the ride, the big sprint to the Flagler Beach it's town line sign was pretty impressive and I totally nice. like an idiot pulled right into it. I wasn't even thinking. Oh, and yeah. the the two guys that came over me to take it were clearly thinking about it for the final 5 miles of the ride to win that that's, sprint. That's the hardest part of those long races. Yeah, keep your head in the game the whole time. Yeah. I, yeah. It's the mental. Little guy, what's the longest ride you've ever done? Um oh, around 150 or something. And and around Keith, there. what's the longest ride you've done? Uh, I did 350. Ooh. Okay. On purpose? Show yeah. off. Or did you just get lost? Yeah. All right. All right. He yeah. can leave. Yeah. Tim, yeah. You, you can just cut him off now. Why you invite yeah. this guy so, on the podcast? He's just making us all look, look so bad here. I do have a couple of things I want to uh, point out and um, some highlights of the ride. One, the bike rode amazing. Although, like we've predicted, I since I didn't have a bike fit on it, I definitely had some <laughs> sore spots. Sore spots. <laughs> the Achilles on both... The Achilles uh-huh. were definitely inflamed uh-huh. by the end. My so shoulders were a little tight. Um, but overall, the bike was fantastic. The Campy e-car group was mint. The shifting was fantastic. Everything about it. Keith would be quick to point out that for about 20... So the night before the ride, oh. there was like a clicking noise in my derailleur. And I thought like I just needed to do the barrel adjuster. I couldn't, I couldn't get the gremlin out. Mm-hmm. So I take it to the bike shop and they're like, oh, there's something wrong with your wheel. This fulcrum wheel. Yeah. Uh-huh. They took apart the free hub body and they took out some, I don't know, various foreign objects that probably shouldn't have been in there. The bike was pretty quiet. I get to mile 20 and then it started up again. Okay. Some noise in the free hub. Mm-hmm. Like any good mechanic, I just let it occur and it worked itself out because by mile 50 it was gone 150 mile 150 it was only like 100 miles of suffering with this noise um and then it was gone but the the bike itself rode well got the the bag system down i have some regrets i brought way too much nutrition 
Um, Fig Newton's got That's me weird. through the day. Um, it wasn't the McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and the highlight of the ride, I was going to touch on this earlier. After like a mile 105, after we have the McDonald's, all of us have full stomachs. We go down this very sandy road. And there's a lot of sand, like, like a dump truck came and just dumped a bunch of sand and then you had to climb over. Everyone had to walk or apparently to my friend Joey decided he was like Sven Ness uh-huh. practically like suitcases his bag and runs through this sand to catch up to the group in front of him. And I was really happy that, that he didn't want to tie me down in the sand with 95 more miles to go that he really wanted to just run through that as fast as possible and close the gap. Um, but when he did that, it opened up a fairly big gap right into the headwind. And that was when the, the start of the decline to mile 120. Uh-huh. It took, uh-huh. it was a bad hour. So yeah, that was, that was definitely um, the, the best part of the ride. Now, did he open that gap because you had road pedals on your bike and you couldn't follow? Probably. Him? Probably. I did have the road pedals. I was one of two people on road pedals. Whatever works, man. That's the Achilles, so, man. You know, that low platform on those times. Oh, so, it's so good, but also so bad. So, Keith, would you recommend this ride to anybody else? You flew in from Oregon for this ride. The, the ride was amazing. I mean, I, I'd highly recommend it. it, it um, for those who have never ridden in Florida, this would be... This would be should be top on your list if you're into that you know long distance riding through sand kind of fun. Now, <laughs> Keith, you don't know Spencer and the guy the way I do, but at what mile do you think Spencer would fail, uh-huh. and at what mile do you think Little Guy would fail on this 200 mile ride? Again, are- nutrition, mechanic, mental. When would the breakdown happen to those two? Oof, I was not expecting this question. Um, my guess, I'm gonna start with little guy. I've heard, uh, you know, I've heard some rumors about his, his mechanic skills. Um, you know, I, I think his fitness is probably good. Uh, but if he knew this was coming, you know, he, 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 he'd be getting ready for it. You know, he's, he's signed up for uh, Unbound 200. He's getting really tense looking at this answer here. <laughs> I, I think little guy would make it. He, he, you know, there would be some points that he would want to quit. He, oh, yeah. <laughs> but, but, yeah, he, he'd make it through. He's good also, in the sand. I'll give him that. Also, the, oh, thank you. Also, the, uh, the, the ribbing from you two would, would get me through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that that kind of goes would, the through mechanical all. wouldn't happen. Like like there would be a mechanical for him for sure. Well, but he know he would know how to fix it and deal with it. <laughs> Some duct tape and twenty tubes. Yeah, he's got whatever a man. He get through it. Does he he's have Spencer riding ties. with him to give him more tubes? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Spencer, let's see. I, I I'm a little concerned about about Spencer's fitness. Um, Rightfully so. Yeah, yeah. I've I've. Uh, I follow him on Strava. I I think I, I yeah, you wouldn't, wouldn't know. know. You wouldn't know if he did because <laughs> yeah, he no, you wouldn't. Yeah, um, I, I hear I hear he's been doing some Zwift rides, but uh, I I would say he would also make it just because 
the the desire to oh, prove yeah. you guys wrong is is right up there with Tim's desire the to only, prove the only thing more powerful to spend like little guy would probably make it Spencer would just do it out of spite oh yeah hundred percent like, there's if I oh. sign up for this ride there's only two possible outcomes one is that I'll absolutely make it to the end grinding my bones into dust to do it. And the other option is that I would not st- not even entertain the idea about starting. Like I would be like, I will see you guys at the end. I'll be there with some <laughs> cold water bottles or whatever. Have fun. I'm going to be reading Twitter on my phone on the beach until you show up. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. Anybody that's looking up the, the kind of semi-official event, it's called the King's Road, Florida. You can take a look at it. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's free. We'll get you the Jeep. We'll get you the ride with GPS coordinates. You definitely want to have 41s. Keith was on 38s. That might have been the narrowest you could do. I mean, it, you also got to ride it during like non-hunting season. And then um, <laughs> you go through a yeah. lot of uh, wilderness management areas and then a lot of uh, hunting grounds. Or sorry, uh, there's a couple of national forests as well. But some of the pictures, I got them on the Instagram. I mean, it's it's absolutely beautiful and you see like the different nice. climate and it's the northern part of florida like north central florida so it's not you know the everglades it's not just a swamp there's actually some hills and mm-hmm. different terrains so anyways it was a lot of fun it was uh worth the free entry and uh, so, uh, good, uh group, good group uh, of real, guys real quick here before we you know like i don't know move on from the keith segment here about the florida trip um we do need to know a little bit about Tim as a bike shop employee. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've man. we've heard a lot of different things, a lot of conflicting uh, stories about Tim. Can Tim sell a bike? Let's start with the easy one. Yes, Tim can sell a bike. Tim could, could Tim sell a bike to anybody? Can Tim sell any bike to any person? Mm, that I, that that's a tough one. I, I'd say no. But I, 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 I think Tim, just a little side Tim story. My, my favorite Tim bike sale <laughs> was the, uh, the, uh, the guy that came in. It was a football game weekend. Um, and a uh, guy came in with, uh, I assume, his girlfriend or at least, at least the, the lady he was trying to impress. And uh, Tim sold him two beach cruisers. At full price, walked him out the door so fast. <laughs> I didn't even know what happened. It, it was it was the quickest sale, quickest turnaround. Yeah, Tim was so proud of that. It was Beautiful. like he's like Keith. I, I sold two bikes. I don't even like, think that there, there was. There you a, go. We didn't even fill out the paperwork on those bikes. <laughs> it was like he needed a bike to go the ten blocks of the stadium and really wanted to impress his lady friend. Wow. So it was a quick $500 cool hard cash. <laughs> I was like, here you go. See you later. <laughs> nice. Now, but yeah. One of the big things you got to do as a, as a bike shop employee, as a salesperson, is, is, you know, it's the little things. It's the upsells. It's the water bottles. It's uh, the cages. It's the lock. It's the, oh, do you, do you know, do you want the, uh, different color bar tape or whatever? Do you want to change out those grips? Really customize this ride yourself. I think Tim was good at the upsell. Or do you think, uh, you know, you had room for improvement there? No, no, he was, he was good at the upsell. He, he had most of that down, you know? Yeah, if that was true, the shop would probably still be in business. <laughs> uh, 
you were good at the upsell, but you weren't yeah. like I wouldn't yeah. say you were like yeah. great. You weren't selling everybody the uh, you know the Ortley panniers with their uh, <laughs> yeah. their hybrid to get to campus. Yeah, you know, yeah, but very true. Huge um, miss, huge. I'm miss. just happy you guys aren't asking about my service capabilities. Oh, Did that's next. Like <laughs> oh, I was gonna say we know about that, but. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah. The service tickets were next. Um, I was going to, I was just going to ask, you know, we, we know Tim's mechanical abilities may be questionable at best. Um, but knows, you know, knows the parts of a bike, whatever. Would you call Tim an honest bike shop employee? Did, did he pad the service, uh, requests a little bit? You know, was he, was he <laughs> rounding up the numbers? Uh, oh yeah. going to need a new chain here. Going to need whatever. Or or you feel like he uh, he was a pretty stand up kind of salesman? Uh, as far as his service writing skills, <laughs> they they pretty much stopped at, Hey Brian, can I have you take a look at this? Brian was our was our mechanic, so uh-huh. that yeah, I mean he he could diagnose a flat pretty well. <laughs> that's a, um, that's a you know that's an important that's skill. skill. Yeah. I wrote a couple of tickets in the first couple of weeks, and they did not go as well. Well, they went about as well as you could expect mm-hmm. for someone of my mechanical aptitude. But yeah, was a, I was the idea guy. Yeah, yeah. The idea yeah. man. The marketing guy. Okay. Cool. It's, uh, you know, it's why everyone, um, you know, thousands of people across the globe know of Swift Cycle at 607 West uh, University in Gainesville, Florida, despite it not being in existence for several years at this point. Yeah, at this yeah. point. But, yeah. well, anyway, so we've got so much more to talk about. I, I mean, unless you guys have more questions for Keith. I'm, I'm, Keith's going to stick around for a little bit more as we talk more cyclocross and some great listener emails. But um, first, let's get with uh, our fan favorite... Um, Michael Matthews in this week's Premlet. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to this low ride podcast. All right, guys, here we are in the Premlap, and once again, we'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out how you can become a member and a supporter of the shows on the network, including the world-famous Criterium Nation, where every week Rob comes together and gives you the oral history and the breakdown of America's fastest sport on two wheels, Criteria yes. racing. He has a bunch of good stuff in the pipeline that I, uh, I'm privy to at this point. And, uh, if you haven't been listening to this show, there's definitely one to keep on the radar for the next, uh, couple episodes, couple months. Um, cause it's going to be awesome. Another one that I think, uh, people might want to check out is the nowhere fast podcast. All about Zwift. I don't know about you guys, but I'm all about it lately. Um, getting fit, getting fast, and I need to learn uh, all the hot ways to cut corners and um, win races in in Zwift uh, from from all the fine folks over at Nowhere Fast who've uh, teach me how to connect my Garmin mount to the KitchenAid so I can just get that RPMs up, get that Tron bike, and also major shout outs to the folks over at the Grodio and cyclocross radio in particular grodio amanda nauman continues to do some top-notch reporting with the with bill shiken and zach schuster in the world of gravel of which 
Jeff Kabush has done shots across the bow with his <laughs> latest op-ed. And I know Amanda will be sharing some of her thoughts and opinions on that. And we will talk a little bit after the jump. But yes, check out Grodio, the podcast for gravel racing in the United States and worldwide. Also yeah. on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Yeah, and if you're a fan of any of those shows or maybe a fan of this show, um, you can check out WideAnglePodium.com. You can donate to the shows, become a member, support the shows that you enjoy, and uh, let us know that we're on the right track, doing the right things that you enjoy, uh, and help us continue to do so. Um, Once again, WideAnglePodium.com slash donate. Awesome. Let's get back to the show. Podcast. All right, guys, here we are. Naturally, we've got a bunch of emails. We've got Keith still in the studio with us, and we'll talk so much more about the world of cyclocross and gravel racing in the U.S., but let's get into the mailbag. You can always email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com, where all of your emails are gratefully received. Um, and this week, we've got an email from Kamon. Iodinus. I'm pretty sure I nailed that. Um, Apologies if I did not, but thanks again, Kimon, for the email. It says a lot about how much joy your pod brings me on a weekly basis that every time something even vaguely cycling-related makes me smile and I think of you guys. So this feels a bit like a creepy email you send to a high school crush. Anyway, (laughs) here are a couple tidbits. Hopefully you still feel that way after I... Perhaps butchered your name again. I am working through this. I had a stroke. People expect. Kimon writes, blurring the face doesn't seem to have done a lot for Julian's anonymity on this Google Street View. And Uh. I don't know how this was found, but we will put the link in our Twitter feed on Tuesday or Wednesday of this week. There is a Google Street View of Mm -hmm. two bikes, two cyclists, both with their faces blurred out, but one is clearly Julian Alaphilippe. And how do we know that, little guy? Uh, World champion stripe, uh, team issue bike. Uh, just from looking at him dance on the pedals for years now. Huge watch, yeah. just shining uh, in the other sunlight. Than the face, it's, yeah, it's everything about Julian Alaphilippe. So, I think it's pretty impressive that you guys pointed out to what Julian Alaphilippe looks like, and not the moto that is next to him taking photos at the time because (laughs) Uh why would Julian Alaphilippe go on a training ride without documentation (laughs) of that training ride? Because he is the most popular uh, man in French cycling, so of course he's going to put himself on the pedestal where everyone needs to know (laughs) where he is. Slapping him down Um, in a photo shoot, like like world champions. Is it a photo shoot? World champions never do press, ever. Ever. He's the first one. I'm not slapping him down. I love him. He's fantastic. So here he is with his face blurred out. I don't Mm -hmm. know how we found this Google Street View. I'd also shout out to the the tourist uh, in front of him. Uh, Just just going up the hill and doesn't know that he's about to be passed by Julian Alaphilippe is my guess. Camelback, flat bar mountain bike. um, Looking good. Team Saxo Bank jersey. 
Tinkoff Saxo Bank Jersey. Yeah. Um, looking good. So uh, yeah, fantastic uh, uh, things um, here. So that's yeah, that's one of the reasons why you wave at all your fellow cyclists when you see them out on the road because one of them might be Julian Alaphilippe doing a photo shoot as he comes past you. You know, that's true. You never I'm know. You don't want to be the the person that didn't wave at at Julian, the most likable man in the peloton. Do you- Keith, do, do I look like that on the bike? I mean, you you rode 200 miles with me. I mean, is my fit as good as his? I you you look a lot like the guy in that Tinkoff Saxo Bank <laughs> kit. I I mean, it's like wow. it's a right, dead I'm just, ringer. I'm just gonna stop asking yeah, questions yeah. to Keith for the pod. Just, <laughs> just really just piling it on. Um, Kimon uh, continues. Tom Skunes was on the White Coast White Coat Investor Podcast, which generally helps doctors manage their retirements. Oh, I thought for sure this was about NFTs. <laughs> but on this occasion, they talk about how pro cyclists manage their money. No huge scoops, except maybe that Conti riders make no money but get all their expenses paid for. Yeah. Well, if the Conti riders came to the Slow Ride Podcast Cycling Agents, <laughs> LLC. Yeah, we could double their salary if it's zero. I'm no sure problem. that spells out SPAC. Um, we would be the... Uh, <laughs> The, the ones to go to for amazing financial advice. Toms, give us a call. We will take care of you. Um, I will be listening to this podcast because I am sure there's probably some tidbits that were released yeah. in there that we can pick up some, you know. Have you guys, uh, how often do you think pro cyclists get on non-cycling podcasts? Probably not very often. Very rarely, I would say. Very because rarely, yeah. Yeah, not not a ton. I'm guessing uh, uh, this was a a random listen that you were like, oh wow, Tom Scoons, I've heard of that guy, because I had a similar thing happen once, um, listening to a podcast completely nothing to do with bikes or bike racing at all that interviewed Ian Boswell, a former Skyrider, um, about what he's up to lately, and that was really random, um, and I was surprised. What's he up uh, to? So. He's he's living up in rural Vermont, uh, running like a um, I don't know if it's like an oh, Airbnb yeah, yeah. business or just like a, a kind of a chalet type I of thing. Heard, I heard that. Um, yeah. Bought some should we property go stay up with there. Him? Yes, we should. May I? We certainly could. I like um, yeah, I was listening to also, a podcast about farming, yeah. <laughs> in rural Vermont, and all of a sudden there was this thing about oh, tell me about what it's like being a pro bike racer. And it was pretty funny because he's like, yeah, it kind of sucks. You don't make any money. Um, and then all of a sudden you make money and it's and it's cool and it's awesome. But like for a really long time, it sucks. And the interviewer just kept being like, well, why did you keep doing it? And he's like, I I don't know, man. You can't explain. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he's all of us. Mm-hmm. It's pros are just like all <laughs> just of us. Like us. <laughs> um, I, I like ride, it, I guess. <laughs> on the ride this week, I was like all into all different types of various goos, gels, whatever. I got to say, not a plug because I'm not getting paid, but that untapped pure maple syrup stuff straight mm-hmm. from Vermont mm-hmm. was pretty amazing. That's going to become my go-to, I think, because there's a bunch of different little flavors and it goes down pretty quick. Yeah, they're delicious. They're delicious. Another email, this one comes to us from friend of the pod, Paul Buchanan, who, guys, you may remember sent me the Klein bike that is still sitting in the box mm-hmm. in my garage, Allegedly. yet to be opened. Keith, 
Can you? We have a third yeah, party here that I'm gonna, can investigate. He, I'm going to need you to crack that sucker open before you leave, and uh, at least give me some deets on that headset and that stem. I want to know what they are, um, and also I'll. All right, let me let me take some notes here. Headset, I stem. I want to know what they what are. Else you got? Uh, I just want it out he's, for one because I want Tim to have to ride it, but and I also need the cranks. Um, so if you just get. Those yeah, cranks I was going to say you're interested in the cranks. Just pop those off and replace them with something out of a. Out of the free bin at the local yeah, shop. That'd be good. Okay. You, you can read the email now, Tim. All right. I got you. Long time listener, long time without writing. Hope you babes are well. Even though it's shoulder season in Portland, and I would love clarification on what level of schleck an open shell is over a jersey and base layer. Is it a half schleck? Or does the base layer render it a quarter schleck? Or are only schleck values full or no schleck at all? This is this has been asked before um, in regards to summertime schlecking. We it last time, but never never in layered schlecking. And I think we do need to clarify this because I'm inclined to say that you're either zipped up, or you're, if you're fully unzipped, you're schlecked. Even if even if it's a vest over a long sleeve, as long as that vest is flapping in the wind behind you, that's I would call that so, a full schleck. So the key is the the flapping, flapping. in the wind. Oh yeah, that's a good point. But in what if full... you have a base layer on when you're in the summer? Yeah. Well, that's you know, it depends. Um, I think I think we went into that a bit with the, you know, you can accessorize with the climber's chain and things like that. Like it, it's all about how you do it. It's about the panache. Um, I think you're right, Spencer. I don't. I think it should be if it's unzipped, it's unzipped, it's full schleck because uh, everyone has a different comfort level with with how much of their chest and. And belly are sticking yeah, out for sure. And I want, I want, we want to spread the schleck. So if people mm-hmm. are only comfortable doing the schleck with another layer underneath, I think we should. As, as long, I want to spread totally the fine. schleck no matter so, what. I don't want to just spread the schleck only for folks that want to like let their chest hang out. You know, so like I think the schleck is an attitude. You it's know, a state of mind and it's a state of being. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's an attitude. It's a zen. Yeah, it's a it's, it's I'm riding and it's cold out, cold enough for a long sleeve jersey and a vest. But at the same time, I gotta let this I gotta let this baby flap. Well, you feel faster you know? when you're I'm feeling it. You're schlecking, I think. Even oh, though you're probably 100%. going slow. So, yeah. So Paul, we answered your question. You're going full schleck, even if you have just a vest with a long sleeve jersey on, whatever underneath. If it's flapping in the wind, you're full schlecking. There's got to be like a rhyme. rhyme. Yeah, but like it's it's gonna it's work. Flapping your, yeah. I don't know how to. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll work on the jingle. How about you just email us at the slow ride podcast gmail dot com if you have a better rhyme on full schlecken and how to know if you're full schlecken. You guys touched on it in the knives out that it episode that it is truly a challenge even for the most seasoned rider of you three, little guy. <laughs> <laughs> To ride a bike uh, excuse every me, day all year. Here. Yeah, no. Drink some water. <laughs> Recently, a Portland area dad did just that on an e-cargo bike of all things. And then a link to a nice Bike Portland article. Truly, Sean is an inspiration, and the future of cycling in the U.S. needs to look more like him to be inclusive and viable as transportation. I would like to nominate him for the Slow Ride Pod Championship Belt for your next show. Or some kind of accolade, because this effort is immense. Cheers, Paul. The article itself is fantastic. 
And it's about written by Sean himself about going all out and riding his, by the way, amazing cargo bike. This is the cargo bike I want. It is the Bullet um, from the uh, Netherlands. So it's got a real low scoop um, cargo bin in the front, and it has a uh, it's um, it's not cable cable actu- actuated steering like I have. It's actually um, a rod. Oh, yeah, you have the cable, um, don't you? Steering, which yeah. yeah, mine's cable actu- actuated, and I kind of want to get rid of it. It's way too loose. Yeah. The bullet is the one that you want. It's got a 700C rear wheel and then a 24-inch front. Um, yeah. Did you guys notice how I looked yeah. at Keith? Right. Just, just to yeah. that, that was a 24-inch. I, I like inch. how Keith yeah. kind of kept a straight face and, and like made you sweat a little bit there. <laughs> Didn't really give you a lot yeah. back. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Keith, 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 he's been in this a long time, probably with so, him at the bike shop, right? Right? Oh, 700? And just Keith just straight yeah. face right back at him, just sweat dripping down Tim's face. Um, but yes, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. So yes. I I appreciate the story, and I love uh-huh. that Paul shared it with us. Uh-huh. And I think cargo bikes are the future. Yes. They uh-huh. are important to get more people into riding uh-huh. cycling. Great. And as you guys can tell with my intonation in my voice, that I am going to bring the hammer down and say, no, not a Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. So win. is the belt. Yeah, so you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the originator of the Slow Ride belt, Tim. It's your baby. Is is the belt just for racers? Do we need to have um, a different a different thing I, for, I think yes. for the rest of us, for the non World Tour Pro Tour racers of us? Well, I I don't want to just say it's just for racers. Well, I think it is for someone that it, I would I would frame it that the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. There should be some level of awareness of a cycling event or a cycling participant to win it okay. that the slow ride podcast championship belt isn't elevating them to that level okay so mm. sean martinez who i learned about and it's great and major accolades i think there should be some kind of accolades that are given to someone that is uh changing their lifestyle and going out to ride like he is on the cargo bike, right? But I don't think the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt is the vehicle to raise that awareness Should versus recognizing someone that's already in like kind of the more um, professional, I don't want to say professional cycling, but more, bigger um, cycling zeitgeist. Should now, perfect attendance? we do need to get more transportation cyclists into the world of this podcast, without a doubt, because we're also into that. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't race anymore, so so I'm just a transportation cyclist myself. So, um, I mean, two out of two out of three of us have cargo bikes. So, yeah, Yeah. I I have to say it's it's by far the greatest bike I've I've had. Like in terms of changing how you can um, approach Mm -hmm. everyday life, you can have especially it's pretty game changing. now, Now, Keith and I have been to many wrestling events absolutely yeah we were okay this took a turn we we've st- <laughs> we, we've st- we, we've um we've gone to wrestlemania uh-huh. royal rumble some other uh great events keith will be first to tell you that there are other belts that are up for like there's other awards okay. you know the u.s championship belt the intercontinental belt sounds real but it's uh-huh. not the pinnacle belt yeah never heard of these belts yeah, like th- there's different levels of belts. I just don't know 
if Sean is at the top level. Now, that being said, just to point wow. out, we are at episode 374. Wow. Uh-huh. And Sonny Corbelli has had this belt for 12 episodes. Yeah. You think Sonny's ridden every day? You think Sonny's commuting with the kid? Sonny's probably got a Ferrari or something he's driving when he's not riding. I totally agree. I don't think Sonny Corbelli should have the okay. belt. But I just don't want to give away like a de facto right. level of uh-huh. belt. I don't think that well, this is at what I have set up the belt okay. to be. If, if, if we're... If we're pivoting to belt, since we don't know what to do here in this circumstance, maybe we need to fit. We need to think about an award for the for the every person and come up mm-hmm. with it for the next episode or something. If we're pivoting to the belt now, I'm going to nominate Walt Van Aert because he's been basically unstoppable on the uh, on the men's side at least. Uh huh. Even even the boa couldn't stop even him. Even the boa couldn't stop him. He it's lost what one of like seven or eight. Won the Belgian nationals today. Um, I think. Uh-huh. Has he lost to Pitcock? No. Well. No. He did, but that was not in a race not that like he, when yeah, they went no. head to head. Won a race where he dropped his chain and and had to basically start from that from, from the last case. And he, and he only finished. He finished fourth. I, I want to give him the belt too because I think we all know he's not. The word is he's not coming to America because he doesn't want to get special blend of American COVID that we're offering him along with the world championship uh-huh. stripes. So he's not going to get the world championship jersey. Vanderpool's not going to be there. We know it's probably going to go to Pidcock or Lars Vanderhaar or Ellie or something. Oh, well, that's up for debate. Well, it is. It's up for debate, and it's up. hopefully they'll do a race, and that's how we'll figure it out. <laughs> Right. Hopefully, Hopefully the race yeah. will occur. But I think uh, consolation prize we give Wout the uh, belt, so he doesn't feel sad with only his like. Well, I will wins. point out that he would be the second two-time winner of the Slow Ride Podcast Championship belt. So it'd be natural for him. Yeah, he's comfortable to be the second person to win it twice. To of course mm. Matthew Vanderpool, who won it twice first. Yeah. So <laughs> I I have no problem. I second this nomination. Um, we have a guest uh, judge here. How do you feel about uh, Wout Van Aert taking over the belt? I, I think it makes sense. I mean, yeah, Wout has five has times himself. national champion, right? Something like that. Yeah, it's a lot. In cross this week, yeah. Even though not coming to Arkansas. Yeah. Well, all right, cool. Ding, ding, ding. The I mean, belt holder, Wout Van Aert. Well, well, Spencer, you in? Oh, Whoa. I thought Spencer, Spencer said has yes. a vote. Wow, wow. What do you think, Spencer? Okay. Um, no, yeah, I. I uh, I'm fine with it, but you know what? I'm going to go, as I do, I need to be a little bit contrarian to one of you guys. I I will sign up for this, but I'm not going to sign up for it because he's undefeated or because his streak is so good or anything like that. Um, Because, like, I always, I I look for the little bit extra, the little bit, the something on top. You know, it's not always just the results. Like, I want something unexpected. And it is completely unexpected to me that he would be like, eh, about the world championship uh, in Arkansas and just be like, I don't need to, I don't need to do that Mm -hmm. because a, I don't feel necessarily comfortable doing it, but B, I think it's a really nice gesture and not in a like, Oh, you know, the, uh, the also rands can have a shot at it. I think it's like, these guys have been killing themselves for so long and They've been putting in the work this season and I'm just sort of showing up kind of part-time at the end here. 
these guys deserve it. He's like a little bit, a little bit. And I, 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 you know, I choose to believe that uh, he thinks whoever wins it has earned it Mm -hmm. this year more than he has earned it. Even if he could go there and walk away with it, you know, um, for all practical purposes. All right. Um, So, you know, I, I think that is a, a grand gesture. Um, he is moving on. Maybe he's passing the torch. Maybe uh, road cycling is the new thing, and uh, we'll see him in that green jersey this this summer. But uh, that is why I'm going to approve this um, and say so we can give him the belt. Cool. No, guy, okay, now you can. Oh, ding, the ding, 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 ding. I should have had a bell, um, a bell loaded up here on the soundboard. Sorry, I got yeah. all my other stuff loaded, but. One of the other topics I want to talk about before we get to the world famous goose or break segment on the podcast yeah. is Jeff Kabush uh-huh. recently penned an op ed about uh-huh. the Lifetime Fitness Grand Prix uh-huh. and about the requirement or in the application process of Lifetime asking the athletes if they're going to promote on social media. Right. Were you guys able to read the Jeff Kabush missive? No. I did not read it. No, I'm sorry. Where was this published? CT. It was published on one of the, um, I don't know if it was Vela News, <laughs> Peloton, or Cycling Tip. It was on Cycling no, they're all, they're all the same. They're all the same. It was on, cycle, it was on Cycling Tip. That's the tip. joke. Uh, yeah. Should have done a third on um, That was a little guy. If you could put the laugh track in there, yeah, that'd yeah, be yeah. great. Yeah, um, yeah. You know so what, uh, real, real quick aside, I saw somebody on Twitter make this joke or this point, I guess, um, which is kind of funny. Um, if you have an Outside Plus uh, subscription, like if you're a member, it doesn't get you into the cycling tips. Like you got to pay again, pay even though they're owned by the... That sucks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? So, so it's on the cycling tips. More the crib notes of this, and again, this is a liberal in, in, interpretation of what sure. uh, Jeff Kabush, multi-time Olympic athlete, wrote. So don't take what Tim says as straight fact, is what you're saying. Yeah, that, that was my out. No quotation uh-huh. marks. But the, was more or less that there's a lot of, you know, we do need to protect, in particular, young athletes and the mental health behind living this life of doing everything for the likes and clicks on social media. Yeah. Putting that above race results and race skills. I think that would be a, a, a decent, you know, mm-hmm. 10,000 foot level of what Jeff Kabush was saying, which I think is a, a very good point yes. around just kind of the mental health and like not everything is for the social media. It is, it can be about pure racing. And as Jeff points out, he was very excited about the level of, um, you know, when he first saw the prize list, he was absolutely stoked like everyone else was. And it was investment into cycling uh, mm-hmm. racing here in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Um, the counter of that, of course, is did Lifetime really put that much weight into the social media aspects of the event? Or was Lifetime kind of protecting themselves or wanting to promote their own privately held race series to say, hey, if you want to participate in the cash payout. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to, you know, tell the world that you're participating in the cash payout? Mm-hmm. It seems like with the amount of applications that happen, that there was a lot of people willing to jump through those hoops. Granted, there were some athletes that we've heard that applied that did not get in. They probably have a pretty good case that they should have been in. But 
Until a list is published of who actually applied and didn't, we don't know where Lifetime drew the line or mm-hmm. why. Mm-hmm. So what do you guys think? Yeah. Uh, are you asking us if we think Jeff is wrong or? Yes. No. Okay. Jeff right or wrong? He's usually right. <laughs> usually. Right. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. <laughs> as <laughs> as most things uh, tend to be. Uh, I think I think the the. The points about um, not everybody's great at social media or not everybody needs the pressure or the um, anx- anxiety, I guess, that comes along with that is is well taken and, and well put and not a lot of, not enough, I would say, athletes and, and uh, people um, put that out there. So I, I think that was a very good point to make. Um, on the other side of the coin, I also think that uh, – I don't think it's a bad thing that Lifetime asked that, that they put that in the application because it's their event. Like, of, co- of course they want you to talk good about it. That was, yeah. But... Like, why wouldn't they want you to be excited about being there? And I mean, it's for marketing. That's why you put on a race, right? Like. True. It's the whole point. They, they sh- yeah. I'd say they should do their own marketing. It's not, it shouldn't be on the riders. Uh, the owner shouldn't be on the riders to do. The Would work. you prefer the prize list to be smaller then, and the marketing budget to take that? I, th- I feel like that's that's a that's not a that's not like a fair. Uh, well, I think that was what the trade I was. Mean, that's the trade, but it's not like they don't have the money to make the marketing budget bigger and have the prize list the same. Like that's that's. No, I don't. I don't know. Oh, we should just expect them to pay yes. for everything. Yes, guy? I should. I should expect so. the ones that are going to profit the most to pay the most. It's, so crazy European cycling, uh, we're watching all the national championships and everything this weekend with cyclocross. They're lined with advertising. There's inflatable ducks everywhere. There's, there's all the neon signs and things. Um, they're paying start money to people to be there. It's big money, but it's all marketing, right? Like it's all to get eyeballs on the TV, to get tickets sold. Mm-hmm. We don't really have that here. Like we have to get, you have to get that marketing from somewhere. And honestly, like I think it's a better idea to do it via social media than it is to count on eyeballs at the event or a garbage live stream that we've been treated to for the last decade plus. Um, Cause it, nobody's at the race, you know, nobody's watching the live streams. In the case of the gravel races, and, there are uh, native there. I mean, they're, they're people paying big bucks to be there. So it's not like, I just feel like they're get they're getting their money. They're they're getting they're getting folks there. They're charging the fees to get uh, companies into the uh, trade the trade zone there at the start finish line. It's not like they're not making money. The trade zone. Have you ever been to a trade I zone? I couldn't like think the of the word for what it was during an what event. Do you, what do you? <laughs> have you ever like no one's ever no, in the I expo? I know, and I don't understand how they how they charge. But every one of these events has one, and I don't understand. I mean, we had a spot at the at the trek a few years ago and and we we got traffic but not as much as you'd think and there's lots of other brands around us and well, stuff and like but it's it's different like i think that those expo areas like we had traffic there because that's also where that we were in the team section true. That, that was the, the benefit yeah the expo areas can be created and if there's pauses between the races that's happening so like actually at the the trek world cup it's a decent expo area because there's the walkthrough to go get beer and you have to walk through yeah. the expo to get beer so it's it's done the appropriate way yes. 
where our tent was was in the the team zone. So like, yeah, there's not going to be that much traffic going through just because it kind of dead ends at the porta johns. Yeah. Well, but people um, got to get I would those say that the, <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. And actually, the porta johns, I think, were on the other side of the yeah, parking lot. Yeah. But regardless, there. At some of these lifetime events, I don't. I I think it's well within reason for lifetime tests. I I know I sound like the lifetime shill, but we have someone here that is Canadian that can answer. <laughs> is this just the Canadian way of Jeff Kabush? Oh yeah, maybe we we completely like, don't understand what he was saying. That's what I want to know. Is that what's going on? I, I mean, I, with, without reading the article and totally <laughs> basing this on Tim's very, I'm sure, accurate. Um, uh, uh-huh. summary um, I think Kabush didn't say sorry so so is sorry <laughs> the way that you can tell if it was a joke in Canadian or if it was serious that, that's how you know he's, he's, he's serious okay. oh because he's saying an opinion and saying like sorry yeah like I gotta be the one that spreads the bad news okay yeah gotcha. makes sense that's, that's, that's my guess but now you and I went to Interbike what three times together Something like that, yeah. How many times did I take a picture of you with Jeff Kabush? At least twice. <laughs> and how many times did I tell Jeff Kabush you were also Canadian? Every time. Yeah, it was fantastic. Wow. I'm pretty sure the third time he's like, oh, <laughs> man, these knuckleheads again. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the phone party, guys. Yeah, this is, this is going to be amazing. This will be uh, so good. Um, anyway, Jeff Kabush, right or wrong, he does one thing, and he actually brings more eyeballs to Lifetime Grand Prix. So it's kind of like what he's doing here is actually even better for the Lifetime Grand Prix. Like he's doing the social media work that Lifetime mm-hmm. should have accepted him into the series for. He's the heel. Mm-hmm. Right? Like he's showing the young kids how to really do yeah. it. Now Write here- an op-ed and cycling tips. It's going to get the eyeballs way more than your social media feeds will go. So I'm going to give Jeff Kabush the win in this. Tim. Do you yeah. think Jeff is playing 4D chess or do you think Lifetime is playing 4D chess knowing that he would go oh, the op-ed wow. route? Wow. So, so what you're saying is Lifetime told him no knowing that he was going to like That the fallout was worth go, more go, go, than the social like the media in the first place, yes. <laughs> this is a really good question, Spencer. Um, Lifetime's pretty smart. They are. Jeff Kabush, I think, are has they been in around cahoots? the block a lot too. Is this oh, a, is this like a suddenly, suddenly double on, agent situation? Oh, suddenly on on Sea Otter, they're all lined up in the in the uh, queue, right? Uh-huh. In the, the the preferred start area, the thirty. They've done the announcements of the thirty mm-hmm. male athletes, and then all of a sudden, what's that? Is that Gordon Lightfoot on the radio? Uh-huh. Oh, oh. Is, is that Jeff Kabush coming through to the start line? Uh-huh. Entering in as the 31st contestant of the Lifetime Grand Prix? That would be pretty amazing. I could see well, that happening. If it happens, you heard it here first on the Slow Ride Podcast. So good. Um, little guys, you watched some cyclocross racing this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I got to watch the uh, men's Belgian race and watch Wout completely just right away from everybody crazy. And then kind of similarly, mm-hmm. I went over and watched the women's Dutch and watched Voss uh, right away from everybody <laughs> fairly easily. Um, it, was, it was interesting for a little bit. So, And then Lars kind of did that in the men's Dutch. So it wasn't the most exciting in the races I pulled up. I 
probably could have dug a little deeper to find some interesting racing, but I mean, uh, good wins all around, not surprising any of them. And I see that you didn't watch uh, Sané Kant <laughs> win by over a minute. I didn't get um, to watch a that. A little so uh, disappointing in that little guy. But, I mean, overall... Yeah. What? Tim, have you looked down the list of, of, uh, of champions that were crowned today or not? Because there's a, a couple of surprises, but uh, a few not so much. Um, just wondering if anything jumped out to you or if I, I should run down... Well, down first off... The, the big one for me that I noticed uh, right away when I was uh, on uh, Cyclocross 24 was I assumed that Eva Lechner was going to win the Italian National <laughs> Cyclocross Championships. Uh-huh. And I assumed that she was going to win it by a lot with an amazing hole shot that would just mm-hmm. not. Um, and she lost to Sylvia per- Persico um, by 30 seconds. So an end of an era yeah. to Eva, Eva Lechner. I guess um, the foam party fame could only take her so far. Yes. Nine years. Yeah. I, I wonder if she holds on to the picture as, as much as we all do. Um, British National Championships. Obviously, uh-huh. Tom Pidcock did not win. I thought for sure that Cameron Mason was going to win because he has several U23, or I think one or two U23 World Cup wins mm-hmm. this year, and he was the up-and-comer. And I feel kind of bad for Cameron Mason, because without Pidcock there, this was the moment to shine. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't happen. Yeah. Um, that was, that was a, a surprising one, I would say for sure. Um, the other one that honestly was a shock, but also a heartwarming one uh, for me was Sana Kant winning on the women's Belgian side. I honestly didn't think she had it in her. Um, but I was excited to see her pull it off. And then I, I just want to say that on um, the uh, Psychocross uh, um, 24, mm-hmm. that you have a winner of the British Psychocross Championships, women. Yes. And I just want to make sure I get this name right. Harriet Harden. Rocking the full, like, the the headshot is full goggles. I'm wondering, is she also like an enduro racer? Oh, I don't know. I need to um, check this out because I kind of hope that that is the case. The it ultimate like crossover because with the with the uh, darn it, the downhill um, glasses uh, destroying kinda... Annie Last and Anna Kay, two big names in cross. That's uh, I I have not been following the UK cyclocross as uh, tightly as maybe I should have, but uh, all, that's a surprise to me. All the UK women have to. I'll be thankful, but you know, Zoe Backstep was probably <laughs> going to clean up. Yeah. And unfortunately, uh, c- came down with COVID and couldn't ride, which would have been her first elite. And I don't say it was certain she was going to win, but, um, she's been strong possibility. Very, very, very so, strong possibility. She was going to clean up. At yeah. that. So that was pretty disappointing um, for her. I'm sure. Well, Harriet Harnden is a uh, Trek factory racing enduro Sweet. and cross country mm. one time European champion, 15 time British champion, and now just adds cyclocross wow. to this. So that's you know awesome. what that's worth a follow on the old Instagram <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. That's, very good. That's a badge of honor from the slow ride pod. Congratulations racing enduro. If you have an enduro headshot, 
for Cyclocross 24 rider profile page. That's amazing. That's pretty good. Um, in, in things that were not a surprise over in the Dutch national championships, uh, we had Lars van der Haar and Marianne Voss taking the wins, um, who I expect to repeat in the world championships here, uh, shortly. So you have Marianne Voss winning the world championships in Arkansas. She's comfortable in the United States. We know that. And van der Haar. It's... Again, you have Marianne Voss winning the world champ. I'm not even going to acknowledge Vanderhaar because that is so wrong. Vanderhaar is getting the championship belt along with the world championship jersey if he pulls it off. Oh yeah, which he will. Oh, guaranteed for sure. For sure. Yes, he's yes. quite the season. He's he, got the national championship. He's got the Euro championship. Um, he's making the most. That's a world every Cups, opportunity yeah. where Vanderpool or Wout isn't there, and neither of them are going to be yep. in. A, in, uh, I'm just saying. USA, so you don't think Eli is going to take it? No, no. late season. Ellie, Juice, late season. Eli is Ellie is. It's always a sad thing. He comes out so hot every year, but it's always a fade at this point in the season. All right. Well, so what is your world's previews, little guy? What are your picks? We have Spencer going oh, with the man. double Dutch. Doing this early. Um, <laughs> I, I yeah similar i'm gonna say voss and i'm gonna say on the men's side it's gonna be sloppy so uh michael van torn is gonna win it that's gonna be pretty sad interesting i i think he's a strong second for sure yeah <laughs> ballsy pick uh, uh <laughs> keith uh, who do you got i know you actually I, watch this way more than me uh, probably not but um i i'd stick with voss uh for the women for sure um you know i think she's got She's just got the experience and she's won here in America before. True. Um, and Kevin Pauls doesn't race anymore, in case you were wondering. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. I was I, I couldn't remember. Okay, yeah. So I, I won't pick him. Um I, I think uh, I think the Brit's gonna win. I think it's gonna be Pitcock. Yeah. It's gotta be Pitcock. It's got come on. Are you kidding? Florida Without is Wout pulling for Pidcock. All right. It's, it's totally going to be Pidcock. On the women's side, I mean, uh, let's make it a party with Voss. I, d- I think that I don't watch it enough. I'll have to see what um, uh, CX Harris says. But at the end of the day, I mean, the greatest living cycle, the, the greatest active cyclist in all of professional racing, Marianne Voss, mm-hmm. is going to be at the start line like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Also, shout out, though, Katarina Nash is going to be uh, at the uh, World Championships. I saw that announcement, so that will be also nice. uh, fantastic. Um, still uh, still crushing it. And then also doing the Lifetime Grand Prix. Yeah, your pick. Um, so I, she's my pick on the women's side um, at the Lifetime Grand Prix. That is correct. All right, guys. We'll play Goose or Bike next week on the Slow Ride podcast. We'd also like to thank BK1 of Rhymesters Entertainment for the intro and outro. We'd like to thank good friend of the pod, Keith Richards, for joining us here in Orlando and being fairly <laughs> honest about my amazing riding skills yeah. across the state of Florida. Thank you for the invite. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Keith. Um, good to talk. We'd also like to thank all of the uh, followers over at the Slow Ride Pod at Gmail. <laughs> Email us at theslowridepod at gmail.com for your emails and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at theslowridepod. Whew. After 500 episodes, we will get this thing nailed. This is Tim in Orlando. This is Matt in Minneapolis. 
And this is Spencer in Massachusetts reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible? When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, the most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation. (laughs) 